Well, hello everyone. My name is Andrew Bowles. I'm the Senior Minister of St. Mark's. I'd like to take us through the passage we've been reading today from Paul's letter to the Colossians. Just to remind you, we've been looking at a series of sermons we've called uh, Renewed, which is about what does it mean uh, for Christian people or those following Jesus to have renewal in their lives and what can we learn about that uh, from this book of the Bible. Uh, We've been focusing on the topic of creation this year at St Mark's. We decided to think about how do we learn this year about how God's made the world and our place in it and This uh, term, as we look at Colossians, we're focusing on the idea of recreation or renewal and how God is planning to renew the world, which is a distinctive focus of the New Testament and, of course, emphasises greatly uh, what Jesus came to do. Because we find, uh, as we've seen in the letter to the Colossians, that Paul is describing to them a big picture of uh, God's plan for the world and what Jesus has done. And one of the big uh, themes is that Jesus has come to fulfill God's plan to renew the whole world, uh, to free it from the things that uh, ruin his creation. And so we've been thinking about what that means for us. If we look at this letter in the first couple of chapters, chapters one to two, which we've just finished last week, I think Paul is talking mostly about the question uh, from our point of view of why we are to be renewed or on what basis God is going to renew us. So he talks a lot about what Jesus has done, God's plan to renew creation through him, uh, the way that this is a a whole life change that God wants from his people, the church, and how Jesus is the sufficient uh, method by which the renewal of the world can happen because he is both God and human being. In chapter 3 and 4 then, which we're starting to look at uh, this week and looking at in the next couple of weeks, I think Paul speaks more uh, practically or more in a way of application to his congregation about what does it mean or what does it look like to be renewed. So if we understand why and how we're going to be renewed, what does it actually look like for us to be renewed? What does the life of a renewed person actually look like? So as we get into chapter 3 here, verses 1 to 11, which is our reading for today, we can see that Paul draws out um, the main point of this passage is a comparison between basically two different levels of reality that we can see in our lives. So Paul teaches uh, the Colossians that because of their uh, life in Christ, the fact that they have faith in him and they have been united to him through faith, there is for them and for us, a new nature, a new nature in them that is in contrast to the old nature, the old human nature and human life that they've inherited uh, from their ancestors and which they've grown up in. And this new nature, this new human life, he says, will draw from the fact that Jesus' life itself has been renewed. He is raised from the dead. So our passage begins in verse 1. Paul says, since then... You have been raised with Christ. So on the basis of the fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead and has begun this renewal of human life, there is something new for these people as well. And so I think as Paul goes on to tell us, to be renewed in every aspect of your life means that this new life, this new nature that you have through being united with Jesus is actually uh, the dominant force in, in your experience and it changes you from within in every aspect of your life. So we can see in this passage then that Paul continues to contrast these two realities. So he talks about 
Uh, don't set your minds on the earthly things or the things that you can see, but set your minds on things that are above, things that are uh, spiritual realities. And he talks about the difference between um, the way our life appears to us now, the things that we can see, and the life that we have, this new life that is hidden with Christ, he says, is kind of tucked away in a spiritual realm, which is not necessarily apparent to our senses. And finally, of course, he talks about the difference between the old self with its ways, its different types of behavior, and the new self, which Jesus is calling people to put on more and more every day. And so when you, let's think a bit about the old self. What is it? Because that's the focus this, this week. Next week we think uh, more in the passage when Paul talks about what it means to live out of the new self. So when Paul talks about the old self or the old nature, what he's really talking about, it seems, is the apparent, obvious nature of human life that we see in the world around us. So mixed in with all the things in creation, all the things that have gone wrong, that draw us away from expressing God's image in our life. So all the things and all the behaviours, all the attitudes, all the experiences and failures, failures that, have, that draw us away from the reality of the fact that we're made in God's image, being expressed clearly and being seen. So the old self is the tendency that we have in this stage, uh, in this season of our, our life, to be drawn away from God's plan for how we should be. And so the old self is, is one that is prone to various types of failings, to, have, to fall into desires that are not what God wants, to behave in ways that destroy uh, creation and relationships with other people. And the old self, he says, will participate in uh, some of the problems in the wider creation, the division that we see in the world around us, the violence and disruption that are not part of God's plan. And so the old self is the part of us that draws its identity not from Christ, not from God's image, but from the divisions in the world around us. So in Paul's day, he sees as a very strong division between the nations of the world, particularly between the Jewish people, his people, and the Gentiles or the pagan nations of the world around. And so the division between those two groups is based on uh, an old nature. Okay, and I think in our own day we can see the division between nations and cultures is a similar expression of this, identifying ourselves with a particular place rather than with God's image. And Paul also sees this in the division that he can see based upon economic factors, those who are free people, those who are the masters of the world and those who are slaves. And to identify with that reality is the old nature and to perpetuate it. And so these divisions, these ways of living and all the things that they lead to, all the pain, all the suffering and the struggle are part of this old self that we're being told to put off in light of God's plan to renew us. And the new self is the hidden reality of our true image of God and it will be revealed when this old self is put away. Uh, I heard a really good analogy for thinking about this process and what it might mean. So that the old self, in one sense, is kind of like a shadow, like the shadow that we cast. Um, when we think about who we, uh, when we talk about someone who perhaps used to be um, uh, a strong person, a healthy person, and who's uh, become very ill and uh, wasted away, we might say they're a shadow of their former self. And there's a sense in which the shadow is kind of a weakness, something that 
isn't truly who we are. And the shadow that we cast on the ground is an outline of who we are, but it doesn't really express the fullness and reality of what we can be. And um, one uh, author I heard describes actually that what Paul is saying here is that the old self or even the human, the human self that we see currently is a shadow, not of our past self, but a shadow of our future self. So we are now experiencing the old self as a shadow of what we're supposed to be, the new self, which is the true people that we are. And so the old self is really a kind of um, outline of our, of, of our true nature, but the hidden potential is to come, the real self, when, the, when God's light will be uh, shone into our lives. And so we're encouraged, Paul says, live with who you really are. Don't live in this shadow. The shadow is behind you. The sun is in front of you. You're walking towards God and his light and leave this thing behind. It's not who you really are. And so the encouragement will be, and we'll see, is to live from the new self, which we don't fully see yet, It's still hidden with Christ, but it's becoming more apparent rather than living from this old self, which defines who we have been in the past. And so how do we do that, of course? I mean, that's that's the question, and Paul does talk more about that. But I think it's helpful to see that his focus in the coming chapters is not so much on our effort to put off the bad ways or the things that we need to do to become stronger, to become more new, but actually upon cooperation with God's work in us and allowing his new work to come out in us. I'll just just explain what I mean that perhaps by um, contrasting our experiences of lockdown that we've had this this year. So, and and the differences that you might've encountered in the way that you've experienced the first lockdown we had back in March and, and on, and what we're in now for those of us who are in Melbourne. So what I found is that lockdown the first time, many people, including myself, went into it with a strong desire to renew ourselves, actually, and to come out on the other end of it, having undergone a rigorous process of self-improvement. You know, we were going to get fit. We're going to learn a language, perhaps, you know, learn how to bake sourdough bread and do all these wonderful things of improving our lives and being ready to face the world when we came out. Uh, It's sort of like the New Year's resolution thing. I'm going to come out of this. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be renewed by it. Now, my own experience and yours is probably uh, the same, is that I didn't come out of the first experience of lockdown with the dramatic changes that I hoped. And um, that's been the case for many people, of course. It's great if we managed to do something, but whether that was realistic is is beside the point. Um, But the problem with that kind of attitude to self-renewal, which many of us realise over the years, is that... um, pushing ourselves in that way and, and setting very high goals and f- of effort and improvement can be a trap for us. We become legalistic. We feel guilty when we don't do what we're going to do. We're disappointed with ourselves. And in the end, we're often being shaped in our desire for renewal more by exterior messages from society about what we should become rather than a sense of who we really are called to be. Uh, for those of you who are fans of uh, Radiohead, you might know the song fitter, happier, more productive, which is a bit of a satire of the kind of attitude that we often express in things like lockdown. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be the better citizen. I'm going to be the better me. Um, And so I think what Paul is saying, that that's not the way that God renews us. We're not renewed by efforts from within our old self to become a better old self, a fitter, happier, more productive old self. 
because the new self is not really a development of the old self. It is a hidden life that's revealed as the old self is put away and as God helps us to move forward into the future that he has for us. So actually, our experience of lockdown number two, lockdown 2.0, might actually be more uh, close to what um, Paul is actually talking about. So I think most of us came into this ex- ex- uh, lockdown period that we're in now with slightly more modest goals about what we were going to do. Um, not, not to uh, be, be our better, best self, but really just to get through it um, and to move, come out on the other side, having held ourselves together uh, and re- ready to face the future. And so I think what we learn is um, that maybe renewal comes more when we're not, not when we're trying hard, but when we actually allow grace to operate in our life, we realise that our strength actually comes from being connected with God and connected to other people and finding out who we actually really are. And this kind of experience is a chance to find that out. If you want to think more about that, I'd encourage you perhaps to look at the video I produced a few weeks ago on uh, the idea of stillness and the dark night of the soul and what you can learn in a period when you can't really do very much and what God might be teaching us there. Because this is what I think Paul is saying here. The result of giving our lives over to God's grace and his renewal and embracing the fact that um, we can't necessarily do it ourselves is that the new self actually emerges more clearly uh, with new goals and purposes and actually energy for change and real transformation, not coming just from our own will, but from a cooperation with God's grace within us. And so I think that's what Paul is encouraging the Colossians to do here, rather than falling back into what they did have, and it's clear they did have, which was a temptation to rely on other ways of self-improvement, which were prevalent in their day as they are in ours. So just at the end of chapter two, before our reading today, Paul encourages them not to fall back into a legalistic mindset about what it means to grow spiritually. So from chapter two, verse 20 to 23, I want to read to you. He says, since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, Why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. The old self isn't going to be conquered, he says, by trying hard, by keeping the rules, by being hard on yourself. It falls away as we move towards God's presence because his light will um, remove this shadow that's following us. So the question we we ask in this uh, part of Colossians is how are we to be renewed and how will God do that in our life? What would that look look like? Next week, we move on to think about where Paul talks about putting on the new self and the kind of practices and behaviours that are part of that life. But today we're encouraged, I think, to think about the old self and what it means just to put it off, as Paul says, put off the old self. Not defeat it, not beat it into submission, just put it off like an old cloak or leave it behind like a shadow. Stop identifying with it, identifying with this old life. You know, if, if, you look, if we look at our lives and, and the things that we're not happy with, 
these things that Paul does talk about, the way we um, disappoint ourselves and other people, the failings that we have, our, our wrong desires and following things that we shouldn't, how much of that do we think is who we really are? Do we identify with that? Do we, do we identify with the divisions that exist between us and other people who are different to us? Do we say, that's who I am? Or Paul says, no, put that off. That's not who you really are. It's an old way. And the new life that God has for you is not based on those things. We can get a bit tripped up on this. We're a culture that really is invested in the idea of being authentic and being ourselves. And it can feel very authentic to describe the negative things that are going on, the negative feelings and thoughts that I have. And, of course, if we are feeling bad, it is good to be honest about it. Um, but a lot of that is not necessarily, Paul would say, who we really are. Um, the old self is certainly a real thing, but it is a shadow. It's not uh, the substantial reality of who we are. Um, and if we fo focus on that shadow, we can uh, not look towards where we're going, which is towards God's light and truth for us. So who we really are is hidden with him, and it's our job as Christians, I think, to learn what that is uh, and to cooperate and to allow God to grow that new life in us because that's who we really are. Who we will be is who we really are now. And so it's important to remember and practice that, <clears throat> as Paul says, <clears throat> our life is hidden with Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ. And so the closer you draw to him, through prayer, perhaps, speaking, meditation, resting in his presence, seeking to know him better through listening to what he has to say to you. The closer you draw to him, the closer you draw to your real life. It's like um, putting yourself into the sun and allowing the sun to warm and warm you and make you feel better, as many of the sunny days recently would have for those of us going through winter. The sun itself will warm us if we stand in it and allow it to change our sense of who we are. So it's important for us, if we are on this journey of renewal with God, to trust that he has our renewal process in hand, and he knows who we really are and who we really will be, and he's drawing us towards that if we allow him to. And we're encouraged, as Paul says in verse 4 here, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We will see our new self and who God has really made us to be when we are renewed. So I'd encourage you now to spend some time thinking about that and how it applies to your life. I'm going to put up some discussion questions on the screen that you can talk about with those if you're uh, in, a, in a household with others or you can think about for yourself and write or talk about your own answers. Uh, what is God saying to you about how he's renewing you at this time? So let's spend some time doing that. Then we're going to move on with the rest of our service.